There was no way. Welcome to the Tim Graham Show. Tim Graham Show. This is Sports Radio 1270. Just not hitting the hole. The fan. I know I'm going to get pimped. I love sausage. Thank you, Tim. Shocking. Dizzying. How did this happen? When I bring the lumber, it's all about the hole. Tim Graham Show. I diddled uh, some pole. Uh, over the weekend. Right. Not me so honia. I did have an accident with a menorah Here we once. Go. On Twitter at 1270 the fan. Taking your calls at 270 1270. What's up, baby? How you doing? Here we go. The Tim Graham Show. When's the last time you read the New Testament, huh? I'm trying to put my junk back in place. You're one of the guys I'm following on Twitter, you know. Well, I like this guy, uh, Tim Graham. Thanks for joining the Tim Graham Show. Brought to you by Shampoo, Travis, Besaw, and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants here on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. It's been a week since this studio has been used. It's been a week since we've heard from producer extraordinaire Bobby Rosati. Those who've listened to the airwaves here at Sports Radio 1270 The Fan uh, have noticed an absence in the morning. Jerry Sullivan show no longer jerry's tweeted about it alan pergament wrote about it although i don't think alan pergament wrote about the show when it was launched no but he certainly or was, while it was on the air yeah but he was certainly happy to let you know that it had been canceled <laughs> yeah for, first one to do it uh but anyway we wish uh, jerry well from the tim graham show uh wish we had more control over that but uh, uh we'll miss uh we'll miss jerry and uh we're not gonna be without him for long. I think we're going to hear Jerry uh, more than just the podcast that he's launched already. And I think that the reason Matthew Fairburn hasn't checked in here with the show today is he is coming from Jerry Sullivan's podcast. So excellent priorities uh, for Matthew Fairburn. We now know where we rank um, second, at least second, or I should say at highest second. Jonah Bronstein's here. In fact, he was here early, which is a rarity for him. Yeah, I was interviewing for a new morning show opportunity here on 127. <laughs> it opened up. <laughs> Coincidence. I have not been offered any kind of uh, <laughs> daily show here at uh, Sports Radio 1270, The Fan. I didn't even ask if we were still on because uh, I didn't want him to get any ideas. I just figured I'm going to show up on Wednesday. <laughs> we'll do the show. Slide in. And somebody might barge through the door any minute and say, right. oh, we forgot to tell you. <laughs> what are you doing? So this could be great radio today mm. if uh, you happen to uh, be listening and then all of a sudden you hear a, a tussle. Uh, Bobby's under orders that uh, if somebody does wait until the commercial to come in and tell us we're fired, right? Uh, you dump out of the commercial and you put us back up live. Okay? Yeah, we just go right in, yeah. Because... Well, that could... Yeah, but that could jeopardize your future here at, right. at the station. Yeah. So I don't want to... Right, we don't want to do that. But uh, Jonah Bronstein, he's handling uh, the Periscope uh, video for this show and all previous Tim Graham shows brought to you by CTBK. You can see them uh, online. Uh, we tweet out the links for you. So uh, go check out our feeds, and uh, you can go back uh, even after the show. If you're only able to listen to a few minutes, you want to go back and check out the whole thing, you can do so uh, with uh, the Periscope video, the, pe- the Periscope uh, stream, and then also uh, check out the show uh, via podcast. You can get it on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, all kinds of places uh, on the Sports Radio 1270 The Fan website. Uh, and we're all 
podcasts are sold. Loblaws, CVS. <laughs> yeah, they don't do that at the end of commercials anywhere. You used to get those around Christmas, yeah. especially. They tell you, you know, the all the different as seen on TV things, all the Ronco ads that would just come out. Right, and then at the end, uh, you find out where you can get it. Now you just go online, Amazon. That's right. Jonah podcast vending machines. <laughs> they should be. Podcast vending machines, you know, I miss, although you know what? I don't know. I mean, the, the, the vending machines are getting better because now they're yeah. taking credit cards. I wonder why it took so long to do that. The ones here at the station are take a credit card. I always forget. Yeah. Here's Matt Fairburn. It's He's checking thing. in. We were already talking. I don't know if you were listening as you were riding in, pulling into the parking lot, but are you, uh, did Jerry keep you? Yeah, he, he was strategic because he wanted to hurt the Tim Graham show. Right. <laughs> He's a little uh, bitter about it, I guess. I reached out to Jerry. I reached out to Jerry when I heard, and I said, hey, man, you want to grab a beer? And he used the I'm not feeling well excuse. So I don't know. Maybe Jerry and I are on the outs. To be fair, Tim, he actually was sick the last Monday through Wednesday when we were doing the show. So I think he was ramping up to not feeling well. So Yeah. I but, drank beer with Sully today. So did I. So did, <laughs> so did Matt Fairboy. I'm the only guy in here who didn't have a beer with uh, Jerry. Where'd you get together for the podcast, Matt? His house. All right. You're going to have to talk into the microphone. This isn't... Uh, I, mean, I don't know what technology Jerry Sullivan has purchased. That's but a nice tribute still, to Jerry you, Sullivan who's not talking into the mic. I think that's part of why... I, I, we met at 2.15 at Sully's house. I thought that would be plenty of time. And, you know, we get to chew in the fat and... I'm you like, know there's going to be three or four technological issues with him getting started, I'm guessing. Well, I brought a microphone of my own to kind of help. I was like, you know what, maybe I'll just... I wasn't sure what his, his setup was because he has some people producing it for him, but he's just recording it into the voice recorder on his phone. So he's like, we can pass the phone back and forth. I'm like, well, why don't we use this microphone? That way we don't have... To, we can actually have a conversation. So, you know... We had a long conversation, and then we hit record. And so then, you know, it was like a 40- or 50-minute podcast. He's like, yeah, we'll go for a half hour. We, you know, we, Yeah, it never works out that way. We hit way. the end button at 3.40, and I'm like, well, he's like, ah, oh, it takes 10 minutes to get to the radio. It doesn't take 10 minutes to get to the radio station. Not from where he is. From where so <laughs> Not is. Not even close. <laughs> Maybe it's 6 a.m. when he was coming <laughs> right. in, but. <clears throat> Anytime. But it was good stuff. Yeah, I look forward to listening to it. No, we love Jerry. We're just being sarcastic here and uh, wanted to make sure that we made note of Jerry. And I, it's not as though uh, we're going to whistle past the graveyard and, and not mention that, uh, you know, what happened with uh, with Sully's show. And uh, I really don't know the, the specifics of it. I don't know that anybody really does uh, in this room. But it's uh show's not on anymore for, uh, I think it was... Uh, based on the knowledge that I do have, and Bobby, correct me if I'm wrong or mad, if whatever discussion today, I think it was a little bit on both sides that decided, all right, there was a, they were going to discontinue, and Jerry decided rather than wait a couple of weeks, he was just going to do it immediately. Mm. But, um, so the show's been off the air. So the studio has not been used in a week. Bobby has been itchy to be on the air for a week. Yeah. I mean, poor Bobby. <laughs> Bobby's the real victim in all this. It really was the Sully and Bobby show. It was. Wasn't that in the title towards the end? No. Did, wasn't it changed to the... No. No, I never quite got in there. I, I understand, though. That's my role. You know, producer kind of behind the scenes, and that's what I do. You ran that show. 
In some ways, you were that show, Bobby. Well, I, besides Sully's voice, yeah. I mean, you know, I planned a lot of it. Got a lot of the guests. Produced it, yeah. Although there, you could, you knew the Sully, the Sully guests. You know, yes. when he got Bob Ryan. Yeah, I mean, come or on. Or Jeff Jacobs and, uh, or yeah, Jacobs. Jacobs would come on, yeah. Um, back, those kind of yeah, guys. Mike yeah, Mike Vaccaro. Sully never personally asked me to be on his radio show. He did ask me to be on his podcast personally, but it was always Bobby getting me for the radio show. Well, that's a good yeah. producer. Some days I bet Sully walked in here, probably most days, and didn't know what the what guest was list was. <laughs> you wouldn't be wrong. I have a week to prepare for my shows, and I, as Jonah will attest, even today, a half hour ago, was not sure what we were going to be doing today. I did know that we do have uh, that we have a couple of guests booked. Colin Dabkowski, formerly of the Buffalo News, the arts critic, uh, and known on Twitter by by people who listen to this show as uh, the guy I retweet for his sports quotes out of context is going to come in and give us a totally different perspective on a, a little we- context on a western new yorker uh and uh, his view of sports and sports fandom and what sports mean because well we'll we'll find out we'll get into that when colin comes in uh, he's coming into the studio he'll be in the studio for two Excellent. segments and uh, we're going to hear some readings He's going to do some readings of sports quotes out of context uh, that he gathered and amassed a, a stockpile of these while editing Buffalo News sports stories. Um, some of them might have been things we wrote, you or I. Not me, because by the time he was put on the desk, I was gone. I had left the paper about a week before he lost his arts column and was put on the desk. Um, I don't want to get too far into his story without him sitting here, so that way he can refute if I'm getting this wrong. I don't want to speak for Colin, but uh, I think this was one of the rare joys that Colin could have uh, in the tail end of his 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 tenure at the Buffalo News. Um, well, he published a collection of them, correct? That's right, and that's and the impetus of this. It was in uh, peachmag.com. You can go and see uh, a preview of this or check out the the link. I'm sorry, let me uh, peach magazine but the website is peach like the fruit mgzn.com and this is uh, from the people who would have brought you the public tabloid that you would uh, see out and about uh, the weekly uh, alternative uh, and uh, based in buffalo rochester syracuse it's around Uh, so uh, peach magazine uh, on its website posted uh, some of them and uh, we're going to hear some uh, readings of this. This is what this is what to see them on a website is what gave me the idea of having Colin in to come in and do some reading. So we're going to hear from him after the break. Uh, he's here early, unlike Matthew Fairburn. Like me. So uh, he can maybe sit and get a little feel. He was of the not vibe. at Sully's house. He was not. Well, ha, ha, have you been to Sully's house before? I haven't. I was I was hoping for an invite, uh, but I guess this will do. You know. This is good though because you'll have. Uh, he has a podcast now. And uh, oh, we'll have to get some headphones for Colin. Oh yeah, so that absolutely. way he can enjoy the, the that full is sports sports quotes out of context experience, which we'll get into after the break. Okay, we don't know. We're still setting things up here, Colin. You, you're here too early. We can't we can't give the people too much. We have to leave them asking for at least a little bit more. We don't want to saturate them with Colin Dabkowski. We're also going to have Mike McDonald, Damon's men's basketball coach. He's going to be on. We're going to talk Big Four college hoops. And uh, what's going on at Damon? Uh, Jonah, what else is going on in the, in the college scene this week? 
Canisius Niagara play tonight. That's and right. We'll talk to Mike McDonald about that. His son plays for Niagara. Mike uh, McDonald, uh, and he knows everything there is to know about local college basketball. Colin Dabkowski is just playing things on his phone. Oh, that was my computer when I went to look up the point spread for Canisius Niagara. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Colin. I thought Colin's checking his phone. I hear some audio kick off, and it's Jonah. I didn't know what it was. I gave Bobby like a death stare. Yeah, like, like, what are you me? playing, Bobby? No. I just had I, something I playing under him. This is a professional operation. I was putting my phone on Do Not Disturb. See? That's responsible. He's here early. He's putting his phone on Do Not Disturb. Fairburn shows up late. Jonah's got his uh, autoplay going. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to have uh, the college hoop scene. is uh, We're starting to warm up towards March Madness. Not that far away. Here in February, it's time to start thinking about seedings for the conference tournaments. Jonah mentioned it before the show. I didn't even realize it's gotten this bad at Canisius that they're in last place. Uh, I thought they were doing a little bit better than that. but uh, In so, the conference standings. I wouldn't still. necessarily say they're having the worst season of all the MAC teams, but they're 4-8, and eight, last place in the conference. If they beat Niagara tonight, though, they would pass Niagara and a lot of teams that are only a game ahead of them. Well, so interesting game there tonight. Is that at the Kessler Center? or is that That's in, at the Gallagher Center okay, up in Niagara. That's going to be in Lewiston. Um Hey, it's clear enough out there. You can take a trip up there and see some good uh, Mac rivalry action. Well, you can see some Mac rivalry action. It's always a good game, regardless of how good the teams are. Usually one team's good and maybe sometimes the other's not. Or in past years, they've both been good. This year they're both maybe struggling a little bit, but I think it'll be a competitive game and a good atmosphere that can be missing at Canisius and Niagara games normally during the Mac season. But when they play each other – being a local rivalry and two local teams that gets the students out and it gets that college basketball atmosphere, either one of the gyms. And Reggie Witherspoon has not had success against Niagara, which was also surprising well, to me. Well, Reggie Witherspoon had a lot of success against Niagara when he was coaching at UB. Sure. Some people might be surprised. I'm talking about it, Right, but some people might be surprised to see, the, I think, maybe 9-4, and four, something like that, with Reggie's UB teams against Joe Mahalik's Niagara teams. Now, in the last three seasons against Niagara, which hasn't been as good under previous coach Chris Casey. Uh, Reggie and Canisius are one and five. So he actually, Chris Casey beat Reggie Witherspoon more times than Joe Mahalik, which if you know how the success has gone at Niagara over the years, that's kind of a wild stat. That is. Uh, the and Buffalo- now it'll be Greg Paulus, his first game as Niagara coach in this Canisius-Niagara rivalry experiencing what that's like. Do you think this will be like Norman Dale uh, walking out onto the court in Hoosiers for the first time and he says, <laughs> "Welcome to Indiana basketball." And he opens up the big and every and he's going you're going to feel that Canisius Niagara maybe cut not it with uh, a uh, knife intensity. Well, no, and and then you think about it, Greg Paul has played at Duke, so he's experienced that Duke <laughs> Carolina rivalry and he might Take a look around the gym and be like, eh, not the same thing. The 36 people who are there watching yeah. the game. But I think Greg Paul is just known. He covering games when they played against UB and Bonaventure this year. He's, at least in his public statements, really talked up the local rivalries and appreciated how there is more energy for those games and some of the other games that Niagara has played in this season. Speaking of Hoosiers, uh, what did you make of Bob Knight returning to Indiana over the weekend? I thought it was a good moment for Indiana and Indiana basketball, even with all the context of what Bob Knight did to get fired from Indiana and certain things that people don't like Bob Knight for, but he means a lot to that program, that university, and Indiana basketball. 
So I think it was okay that they had that. They, and they had Isaiah Thomas and other members of that team. And I don't think you can honor that undefeated – or that wasn't the undefeated team, but anyways, that national championship team without having Bob Knight acknowledged. What do you think about this? I throw this out to everyone, Colin Debkowski included. I'm sure he'll have an opinion on it. Uh, when Kobe Bryant died, it was said that it's too soon – or this is not the time and place to put everything that happened in his life into context, including the sexual assault allegation, which he all but admitted and apologized and bought his wife a $5 million ring and apology and had the news conference and everything and a big settlement. And anytime anybody wanted to mention that aspect of his legacy and the fact that it made his, it really, the whole Mamba mentality sprang from that, uh, that accusation in which he went from being the gregarious kid to I'm on my own now, I'm out to kill, I'm on the court, and I'm going to do nobody you know, likes I'm, I'm me, the assassin, and I'm the loner. And so, but every anytime you brought up the sexual assault allegation, people said, No, this isn't the time. Well, or how come you weren't bringing this up earlier or whatever? And people were, but everybody was conveniently ignoring it. But I noticed in the coverage of the Bob Knight uh, reunion, uh, that at Assembly Hall, that nobody was really mentioning what he did and that he was a royal a-hole. And that's the reason he left. He was a bully. He was a bully to the people who worked on campus. He was a bully to the players. He was a and he was and got physical, not just verbal assault, but he would get physical with people, students, even his non-players. And so when is the time to bring up these things when you put into context that this guy was in maybe it's because he's shambling and you can clearly tell that his health is not great and but so when do you do it when do you do when do you put it in the context well i'm curious if colin what he might have to say about this well bob knight's a different story i'll explain why in a second i tend to lean on the side we've talked about this maybe with musicians or michael jackson or kelly something like that how sometimes you have to separate the art from the artist the person the person might have done things that are bad or, or horrible, but that doesn't mean that we cancel or we can't appreciate the music or the art or anything that they produce. And I think that's kind of the case with Kobe Bryant. It's definitely fair to mention that he was you know, accused of rape and settled that case and admitted a lot of those things. And it's not something that I think is inappropriate to bring up. It was in the last line of his obituary written by the Associated Press. But I don't know if that takes away from being like Kobe Bryant was my favorite basketball player. I loved watching him play basketball. The interesting thing with Bob Knight is that a lot of the things that he's done that people don't like were in connection to him coaching at Indiana. That so was it's his definitely art. complicated. Yeah, his, yeah, right. His art, he the artist was the the artist was the art in that being a dildo was his coaching style. Like that was how he wanted to get through to kids. Like and he that's was considered how, to the refs or to the opposing coach or whatever. And he was a role model for other coaches. A lot of coaches in that era came up coaching their players because they thought that's how Bob Knight gets the most right. out of his players. I found it amazing that the Washington Post punished one of their reporters for tweeting about the rape accusations uh, about Kobe Bryant, like the, I think it was the day the day after his death. As a reminder. Yeah, not as anything out of out of line or over the over the line, but just was punished for just mentioning it, which I think is an overreaction. You know, you reach a certain level of fame. And no matter what happens, like right. it's open season, mm -hmm. and what you got to think of is the the victim of the situation. Does she deserve to be erased? You know, like that was the question I asked myself. Now there's a time and place for sure, and there's like tact involved, but.
But like to say now's not the time, I think uh, when somebody's um, gained that much influence and power in the world, um, it's always the time to talk about that kind of stuff. My a- absolutely, and I agree with Colin on that a hundred percent. And it was, and that's the role of the journalist. The journalist's role isn't to sanitize somebody's background; it is to show the, some of the inconvenient truths, also the uncomfortable, the warts and all. Um, I don't talk about it a, a lot because it's it's well, what is it? It's like gra- uh, it's uh, uh, bragging uh, by extension. But I had a cousin who played for Bob Knight. My first cousin, my brother's or my dad's brother's son, uh, Pat Graham, and he was Mister Basketball in Indiana. Pretty big deal. Recruited by every every school in the country, and wanted he knew he wanted to play for Bob Knight from a very young age. And that's because that was the religion of Indiana. And I think if he'd grown up in a different state, probably would have had no interest in playing for Bob Knight. But um, the stories that he would tell, and he would tell them in kind of a like a laughing manner, like, yeah, well, how, how crazy is that? But, and it's a question I never asked him, but would he want his sons to play for Bob Knight? And I've, I've always wondered what the answer to that question is. Uh, but here's an interesting thing. So he was Pat Knight. Bob Knight's son was my cousin Pat, Pat Graham's roommate. And they were in each other's weddings and all this other stuff. But when Bob Knight was fired from Indiana, everybody cut off everybody from Indiana, whether they had anything to do with it or not. So even if you had any, my cousin, just because he played at Indiana, was now no longer, it didn't exist anymore. And that's not like just to say like, oh, my poor cousin like but it's just that's the that was the mentality of the knight family pat and bob both of all right indiana is dead to us uh and how unfairly they felt that they were treated after he strangled a player and accosted a student and threw a vase at a receptionist and all kinds of other things that he was accused of doing over the years so anyway i just found it interesting that bob knight he comes back and you see the picture of sage Steele, the espn uh, anchor crying at the sight of Bob Knight coming back to her because she's an alum of, of IU. And I just thought, well, first off, it's a weird thing for a journalist to be. I know she goes to IU, yeah. but I mean, is that connected? Are she not? Is, does, maybe she shouldn't be covering stories that are involved with IU. Right. I don't know. But um, just, I, I don't know. To me, it was just, I was watching it as though it were surreal. And it was special moment of healing, I guess. But you can't have this moment of healing without mentioning where the scar is and how deep the wounds were and what caused the wounds. How can you have the healing other than, yeah, this isn't the time and place to talk about that. We're just glad he's back. ESPN might have agreed to not bring that into the coverage. That might have been a condition for getting Bob Knight back on campus for this whole event. Maybe. And I think it just shows that Well, right, I don't think right ESPN played a role in getting him back, did they? It was all Indiana and his former players. No, maybe they didn't, but it might. They broadcast the game, so there could have been talk about you know, hey, I we see. don't want this or that. Because he left on the ESPN broadcast. in un, un, unfavorable circumstances too. Right to get Bob Knight to agree to come back, that might have been part of the discussion, or it might have been implied. Maybe it was never really discussed, but right. it was kind of implied that this isn't the time for that, which I don't agree with. I think there should have been a little bit of a mention of why he left and why he had had this estranged relationship with the university for so many years. I didn't watch the whole coverage. Maybe it was. Was it mentioned kind of off to the side at all? I didn't watch the game. I just watched the coverage after the fact. And so, but ESPN was showing its clip of Sage Steele crying over and over and over again, which I thought was a strange, 
strange decision to show its employee just, you know. Are we kind of looking at both sides of the spectrum here with with how people brought stuff up about Kobe Bryant after the fact? And then Bob Knight, you mentioned, you know, he's so close, his health and that, it, it you know, you, don't, you never know. Isn't that kind of what we're battling with? Like, okay, we can't talk about it now. We can't talk about it then, but maybe 10 years down the line. Yeah, I mean, when are you? That was kind of you know? my question that just popped in my head. I didn't even plan on talking about this. Jonah knows exactly what I was planning on talking about today, which is about nothing. <laughs> and uh, this just popped into my head. I don't know why, but we're talking about the games uh, in college basketball, and it just it just, it just was summoned into my memory that Bob Knight and the, the odd, you know, he's got that Neil Peart nose thing going. He's got the big, bold, purple nose. I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's, you know, if that's drinking related right. i don't think Pert, what, Pert did but he did for a long time right that, that's what i mean i don't think he did near the end though so it was no, like you couldn't tell you're right. if, like you know you're right but he did Ugh. with his rock and roll hall of fame induction yeah he had <laughs> this big purple like grover nose yeah i appreciate that you're all in on neil pert i know pert pert going i'm going to the wall for that yeah me too <laughs> gonna, yeah you're really trying to I'm switch committed. the, the I'm, conversation i'm committed to the r- actual pronunciation of neil pert there's a lot that we need the yeah. When is the right time to talk about Neil Pert's pronunciation? That's right. It's too soon. That's it's, it's, sure. it's right. purple nose. It is too soon. <laughs> uh, anyways, we need to get get to a break, and when we come back, we're going to dive deep into Colin Dapkowski's adventures oh, yeah. with sports and editing at the Buffalo News. A fascinating tale that produced fascinating content that we're going to share with you coming up next on the Tim Graham show brought to you by CTBK on sports radio, 1270, the fan celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. Shampoo, Travis, Besaw and Kirshner is a full service accounting firm that also offers expert consultation for growing and entrepreneurial businesses. Located in Amherst, CTBK specializes in maintaining a human connection and takes a bullish approach to their clients' goals and visions with a no surprises billing policy. For assurance, accounting, taxes, litigation support, advice on acquisitions and mergers, or practically any other business operations need you can imagine, call CTBK for a consultation at 716-630-2400. That's 716-630-2400. Shampoo, Travis, Besaw, and Kirshner, a quarter century of proven accounting and business excellence for Western New York and beyond. 716-630-2400. The penetration rate, which is uh, an industry term for the number of people who can. Now on Sports Radio 1270, The Fan, and Radio 1270com I love everyone in Buffalo. I love Tim Graham. God bless everyone in Cephalopta, Buffalo. The Tim Graham Show. Sports Radio 1270, The Fan. Welcome back to the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo Travis, Besaw, and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants. This is Sports Radio 1270, The Fan. I'm Tim Graham of The Athletic, here with Matthew Fairburn, also The Athletic. Jonah Bronstein of Bronstein Enterprises. 
Bobby Rosati diddling the knobs, as he's wont to do. And our in-studio guest, Colin Dabkowski, I can no longer say of the Buffalo News. Uh, he's formerly of the Buffalo News. You're now student teaching? That's right. I just came from Cheektowaga High School, where I'm student teaching 10th grade uh, students English. English. Okay. Yeah. So, Colin, I don't want to tell your story for you, but uh, the thing... Well, I'll say this. This is from a personal standpoint. I think, I, I don't know on how deep of a level, but I think Colin knows how much I admire him as a journalist. Um, and I'm not going to say former journalist yet, because I'm hoping that he still does stick with it and do some writing on the side and whatever it is that he can do to, to be involved, because he's a special talent. Colin Dabkowski was the arts columnist at the Buffalo News. And right around the time we had our buyouts uh, almost two years ago, um, I was uh, I went into the office and I expressed my displeasure with what had been going on and all the people that we lost, all the institutional knowledge that we lost from the sports department. And that is when I told the Buffalo News that I was going to be giving my two weeks notice. And um, I was assured that things were going to get better, that uh, we had these openings, we're going to fill them. These aren't going to these these. Uh, it's going to get back to the way it was. It's going through an adjustment period. I know it's tough now, but just hang with us. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, cerebrally, I got it, and I think I understood. And I think if it were just with my brain, I would have said, okay, I'll hang in there. Uh, but there was something in my gut that said, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how this is ever going to be the same. We'd lost too many good people and just in the sports department alone jerry sullivan bucky gleason john vogel uh, we hadn't lost amy morch yet but I, we were going to uh colin um, um uh, bob de cesare uh keith mcshay had been transferred out of sports to a different department which he had he had meant so much to our department and it just didn't feel like home anymore it didn't feel like a family to me anymore and so i said all right uh, i i i appreciate what you're saying but i i think it's time for me to move on about a week late, and I accepted, in the interim, I accept a, a position at The Athletic. About a week after I made that decision, I see Colin Dabkowski has announced on Twitter that he has been stripped of his arts column and he is being moved to the universal desk. And what that means is, for those not familiar, is he's going to be editing stories, and the universal desk means it's not even in his department. He could be editing city story he could be editing a police story or briefs obituaries uh anything and that would include especially at night probably the most copy is sports because the majority yeah yeah was. well colin doesn't know anything about sports and i'm not throwing an insult at him there right nor do i care <laughs> right so this is what and this was done i don't know why, why do you think it was done there is an element of, of spite involved. And, and let's um, also point out that Colin was also a very vocal member of the union. Exactly. So there, there's a many, many reasons. The boils down to uh, I did not see eye to eye with management in many different ways. And this was their way of showing me the door. And they were going to, it was going to be a test of wills. Yeah. We're going to see how much you can handle doing things you you don't want to do or know anything about. Exactly. Yeah. How much of a detriment do you think that was to the, hey, look, journalism's journalism. And I think we're going to get to really how silly sports can be. <laughs> so that there is a over, there is way too much importance put on sports. Um, 
in general, you know, we talk about it on this show a lot. The older I get, the less sports means to me, even though it's how I pay my mortgage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't mean that sports, I mean like the games and the injuries and all this stuff. I'll talk about the issues. Yeah. Let's talk about Colin Kaepernick. Let's talk about CTE. Let's talk about uh, what coaches uh, are and are not getting opportunities. Let's talk about nepotism in coaching. Let's talk about issues, you know, because I think the games within. 10 minutes of the game being over it becomes it's a triviality it's it's a, it was a score in the past it's a, it's stats you know it's about gambling that's how the players treat it too yeah there's politics the and gambling yeah you're right the players with their jersey swaps they they get over it pretty quick mm-hmm. um but anyway uh but do you think that hurt the depart the sports coverage that they had somebody who cuz one big part of the journalism process is an editor who can look at something and say Hey, what this reporter might want to know is that 10 years ago, this exact thing oh, happened. absolutely. And you, and you don't know that. Now, I, d- I did my best, you know, to, to wrap my head around all the issues that, needed to, that I needed to know because um, the writers I was working with, I respected immensely, and the editors. I was working with Jim Wotanik on a nightly basis. And he was like one of the best editors I've ever worked with. He's the assistant sport. I'm not sure exactly what his title is, but he's he runs the night side sports uh, right. department, and he's a very talented guy, a very nice guy. But like, I wasn't going to mail it. A little in. tightly wound, a little bit. <laughs> but <laughs> but you try being a night That's sports right. editor for I like would not want to be in his shoes. No. Yeah, the guy like he made sure the trains ran on time. He was amazing to watch and work with. But it boiled down to like I was going to and I annoyed the hell out of him every night because I would go over and be like, what's a hat trick? Like, what's a field goal? Like, literally, I don't pick six. What? What? You know, like, what is this stuff? And he would very politely tell me, oh, that's like when, you know, somebody throws the football. Like, I don't know, really. What happens? Like, <laughs> something happens. There's like a basket gets scored or something. Who knows? But I, I and this is yeah. and Madel attests to this. He went to journalism. He went to Missouri, and this is you're supposed to not have jargon in your like. That's one of the things is very right. limited jargon. Ah, uh, yeah. So that your jar. So this was that was only jargon. Yeah. in most of the stories that I edited, <laughs> they were they were just completely filled with, especially the game stories or the like uh, in depth analysis of the bills. I was in so far over my head. It was just not even funny. You're just looking for misspelled words. And- Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was like finding and replacing, like making sure the quotes were going in the right direction. Like, am I doing that? I mean, that's, I can't. I'm terrified of all of this. I actually think it would be, in a way, really valuable to have somebody like that read my copy and be like, get all this nonsense out and speak English. You know, that was my approach, and I did simplify. Um, I worked a lot with, you know, writers who weren't necessarily used to having the copy editor come back to them with a, what does this mean? And not in, I don't understand sports terms, but like, let's speak English terms. So I, I just tried my best at it, but it was like a completely absurd exercise taking somebody like whose expertise is in, you know, Shakespeare and musical theater and the abstract expressionism and like trying to turn them into a sports editor basically. Um, so it was completely absurd, which was why I had to resort to, you know, finding the humor in it where I could. We did uh, the beauty of this difficult exercise, this, the heartbreak of losing your arts column. I don't know. I don't think that this is a even trade off, <laughs> but we did at least get sports quotes out of context 
And uh, what was your what was the impetus for this? And when you sent out the first tweet, I guess, did you think you'd get any pushback or would would management be upset or that the writers whose story it was coming from? Did you? Yeah, I was concerned about all those things. But mostly I was just pissed off, so I didn't really care about what the consequences were going to be. It's funny to be in that. Is it, it's a weird, uncomfortable, <laughs> weirdly freeing, strange yeah. like con- conflict of a situation to be in. But I, when I first I sent it I feel like out, I'm a little more familiar with it than you are in yeah. terms of – it's like more of my everyday. Oh, okay. That's like from morning <laughs> to night. The freeing aspect of it. I didn't uh-huh. – and I didn't have to be in the office either. Like right. You had to still go in and, wor- and, and, and be a good soldier. Yeah. And – in very in close proximity to some people I did not want to be, I had never had to be next to. Right. So it was like, in some senses, like even it was like claustrophobic in some way. Cause like I had to be there for eight hours or whatever. Um, whatever. I didn't like it. I was trying to find like a way to at least make it fun. And I don't know, I'm a journalist and I like seeing my name out there. So uh, an ego thing was part of it. <laughs> I was like, oh, let's get some attention for something. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I didn't think that it was like, I thought it was just my juvenile like tweet, throwaway tweet, the first one. And I didn't plan to do it again. But it got enough attention where it was like, okay, this is kind of fun. Like people are responding to it. And there's so many ridiculous homoerotic things that are printed on a daily basis, like dozens per per edition yes that it seemed like over-the-top military references and homoerotic symbolism right (laughs) yeah all of the above and i don't think that people generally especially when you're into the jargon and you're into the sports world you don't really realize it so you as an outsider's perspective have these quotes now people might be wondering exactly what we're getting into so let's give a couple of examples but if you'll allow us we have oh yeah we have such so you'll you'll know You'll know the feel when you when de, when your mark is co- to speak of it in theater terms. You're you're on your mark. Here comes your cue. Okay. And now sports quotes out of context with Colin Dabkowski. What happens in the big leagues is they find your hole and keep going at it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, let's give a couple more. No. All right. Wait, let's try another one. Yeah, let's. But we no. This is a whole. Pro, this we're gonna hit them over the head with. <laughs> oh yeah, let's. It's, got, yeah. it's the whole. You, you can't just go all rapid fire. Oh there's, yeah. There's right. a setup. Everyone deserves a setup. I agree. We have we have multiple music beds too. And now sports quotes out of context with Colin Dabkowski. I'm always significantly harder just because I know what I can do. <laughs> I, I'm thinking the first one was baseball, right? No, I bet you the first one was football. I bet yeah. you they're both. Oh football. yeah, you hit the hole, right? Yeah. The, the majority of these are from football stories because okay. that's the majority of what I read. That was my favorite part was seeing a sports quote out of context and being like, "Hey, I used that." Today. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a Bills quote, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I know who said that." Now, sports quotes out of context with Colin Dabkowski. Super, super tough. Very nasty. When he gets his hands on you, school's out. (laughs) 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 Tough. 
What are they talking about? I think that's. Co- <laughs> I think that was Brandon Bean on Cody Ford. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's you amazing you could identify yeah. that. <laughs> well, once you started tweeting these out, I started like my ear was trained to be like, "Oh, there's one." Right. <laughs> this is Fairburn's love language. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, "Oh, I, I hope Collins on the desk tonight because he's going to be tweeting this one out." Like, <laughs> I would start hearing them in scrums and everywhere. I love them. It was and one of my favorite. This is maybe my favorite ongoing. Twitter series, and this if is anybody the time, come up with another. This is one. the time of year when you can have a field day. Oh. Scouting talk is oh. full of like talking about God. the college kid who's coming up, like well, how he fits in, how he can be a, an NFLer, how he got, can be a big league. Scouting combine time was like yeah, an it's, absolute it's gold ridiculous. mine. It's not even yeah. they're not even hiding it at the Senior Bowl and at the Combine. There's a an event where these guys walk on stage in their underwear and <laughs> hundreds of scouts stand there and just eyeball them. They got well, I got to body type them. <laughs> I got to see you know how does he carry that 215 pounds? <laughs> Excuse me. What yeah, what's the phrase they use? He's got a good bubble. Right. Yeah. They t- they talk about yeah. guys' butts, and they they're actually evaluating it. Oh, he's he's. That guy's thick. He's yeah, he's well put together. Look at that lower body. Yeah, that's a. That's a <laughs> well, when you talk about skinned. defensive tight skinned, is <laughs> that's good. A, that is a Wait, term. No. Yeah, tight skinned is a term. What and does that mean? What's because, up, baby? How you so doing? if a guy's not tight skinned, presumably he has more room to grow. Mm-hmm. If he's oh. tight skinned, he's kind of maxed out. Oh. So that guy, yeah, he's he's two twenty five, but he's tight skinned. That's he's not going to get much bigger. Don't you know this, Colin? I mean, Bobby's cutting up all wow. of these right now. I, mean, <laughs> I could pull up that story I did on when I went on that scouting trip with Brandon Bean, and some of the <laughs> that would have been there would have been lots of good ones in there. Did you ever find while working on a story uh, that was creating maybe maybe what's the most you got out of a story? Did you ever get multiple sports quotes out of context and within one story? Yeah, I had like a running file on my desktop. Like that was there I a just... record like for most most. Like, uh, could I trace them back? No, out of the same story. Let's see if you got oh, into fourth n- paragraph, and there, well, there's one. And the then... most I think I got was probably three. Three? Yeah, out of one. And, and they were usually the stories that basically were transcripts of press conferences and things that coaches would say. Truth be told, did it give you the vapors? Um from time to time <laughs> I did clutch my pearls and whatever metaphor you want to use um, but yeah I mean I don't know I'm an openly gay man and I will say that maybe I was attuned to like seeing these metaphors <laughs> out there just because right. like, no, it's so absurd I don't like, think that has anything I think it's the fact that you're just removed from the sports world yeah I don't think it has anything to do with your sexuality because as soon as you say these things, we it's like yes, I, he's a, it's obviously hilarious. But I just need somebody to point it out. You know what a good example of it is is like Jerry, and I know we talked about Sully at the beginning of the show, but he's so he he's so cultured. He sees all these different things. But if you said something like this to him, he'd be like, "That was written in there." Like he wouldn't understand it because he's so deep in it. There's people that can be cultured in sports and other things and and separate themselves where you hear that. Well, it's brilliant. Rodak, who's not cultured, but he has a great ear for these kind of yes, things. Yes, right. <laughs> if right. you can call it that. <laughs> something like that. Here's Crooked something Rodak. I want to bring up. This has nothing to do with being openly gay or not, but maybe it's how you were able to get the story. I don't know. One of my favorite things, and it has to be a career highlight, your coverage of the underground closing yeah, and to have a Trump-appointed 
or a Trump administration government official say that your coverage of that bar closing uh, and we're essentially being kicked out by the landlord. Yeah. Caused them to change things and the bar reopened. It's a crazy story. I can't believe it. And it, it happened. happened right before you got stripped of your you it, it was, was one of, yeah. it was probably one of the highlights of your career. It was my last story, my last big and story. And to that not still not be good enough and then just to have the Buffalo News say we don't need you co- you're you're out there changing what's happening in our city, but we well, need you yeah. to we need you to c- copy edit I know. Uh, UB basketball story. It was pretty it was super insulting. I was really angry about it can, can you recap that story for us so again what happened quick? was the there was uh buffalo's oldest gay bar called the underground was located in the basement basically of this subsidized housing development on delaware avenue right across the street from channel two yeah so in a nice part of town um they got a couple of noise complaints apparently from the people upstairs and so just as a gut reaction they were like we're just going to shut this place down we don't want to deal with it they didn't take into account that it was like the historically the the most important gay bar in Buffalo. It had a lot of history there. It had been there for 40 years and was like a culturally incredibly important place. Um, so I wrote about the closing. I wrote straight news stories about it. Um, but then I wrote a really personal column about how it, what it meant to me and the LGBT community in Western New York. And Lynn Patton, who was appointed by Trump to be like the HUD housing and urban development um, administrator for all of the Northeast, read the column and then called me the next day. And she said, I read your column. I had no idea the importance of the history of this place. I have unilaterally reversed the decision and the bar is going to be opening back up. And I was like, oh, my. Like, I had, of course, no expectation. That's why we get into journalism. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is journalism right there. It was news, the column aspect of it, all of it. Right. And you changed something very important, not only to you, but to your city. Now, let's, I mean, I don't want to take too much credit for it because I think she would have found out one way or another eventually. And did did I but help finding that? finding out under Probably. the banner of the yeah. Buffalo News yeah. has some gravitas to it. I mean, to find out on a blog or have somebody tell her, it might be easier to shrug off. But yeah. when you see Colin Dabkowski's byline and knowing that tens of thousands, you know, maximize, you know, the circulation and what the hundreds, 200,000, who knows? The story makes it around the country uh, that people are reading this. Right. And they do read it in Albany. And so that right. may have had something to do with it. Um, but it was a most one of the most gratifying moments. I have had a, I was very lucky to have the career I had at the news. I had so many stories I was proud of. But that probably tops it. I yeah that and that to bring this around full circle. And I guess I'm making it about myself, but it's just again to say how much I think about you and how much being a your coworker meant to me. Is that week later after I decided I was leaving the paper and I saw that Colin had lost his job, I knew I was so pissed, and I said, "Thank God I made the decision I did because if I would have trusted him, and I would have stayed, then." I would have passed up on another job opportunity, but and I would be livid, and I'd probably be walking around like a loaded gun, you know, and done something stupid or said something stupid yeah. because, uh, like, I don't. I'd already lost friends. I'd already lost people who I consider my family, and now they're treating other people who I respect this way. So, anyways, yeah. I, I didn't want this to get into a, a kick in the Buffalo News, uh, you know, situation, but it's yeah. uh, it. 
you get frustrated. One last thing I'll say on that note is like if you're looking to save your career at the Buffalo News, like writing about a gay bar staying open is probably not the way to do it with this administration. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> but do you have that? Is that framed on your wall? I mean, that letter or it should, it should be if it uh, isn't. It should be. It's not. I should probably do that. Yeah. That. It, but it's I, it's I, burned into my brain, and I taught it a whole lesson about it the other day because I'm teaching a journalism class to senior right. high school students. and You made they, a difference. They really got something out of it, and so that's why I'm just excited to go down this path now because I think it's important to tell those stories. And, you know, like you teach as well for mm. that same reason, I think. To pass it down is like a really important thing. Colin Dabkowski, uh, formerly of the Buffalo News, here with us for another segment, and we went too long on that one. So if we want to get more sports quotes out of context, which the people demand, need them. we need to hit this break and come back and have more with Colin Dabkowski here on the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by CTBK. is the tim graham show so you're telling me there's a chance on twitter at 1270 the fan i wasn't supposed to put beef in the trifle taking your calls at 270 1270 podcast available on apple podcast tune in radio the hostess welcome to the tim graham show oh i got it it's one of those deals where i pull it halfway out i try to get it in uh, before uh, traffic and weather together on the nines <laughs> Do drummers die more often? Sports Radio 1270, The Fan, The Tim Graham Show. Welcome back to The Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo Travis Besaw and Kirshner CPAs and business consultants. This is several weeks in a row in which I've said that without looking at the script and not flubbing it. I don't know if this is going to create some sort of mental block, like yeah. a Mackie Sasser unable to throw the ball back to the pitcher, or Steve Sachs, oh. uh, una- or Chuck Knobloch, yeah, right. <laughs> unable to throw the ball to first, and then something's going to happen, and I'm going to totally flub it. Uh, but this, uh, I'm on a hot streak. And I'm happy, and I want to do market. Market with the T. Put it in the oven for Timmy and me. Right. That's a universal <laughs> game, right? Well, everybody knows it in their family, right? Does anybody in this five. room not know what I'm talking about? Three little pigs? No, no. It's, you know, patty cake, patty cake. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Right. Cake, right? <laughs> All right. I just want to make sure there are, there are multiple generations in this room right now. Right. It's well, puny. Bobby is just a few years out of college. Matt's just a few years older than that. Jonah's a few years older than that. I think Colin and I are are contemporaries. How old are you, Colin? 37. So I'm older than Colin. Man. I'm ancient. Well, it depends on when our birthdays are because I'm also 37. Oh, okay. February. So you're older than me. Oh, no, you just turned 37? I'm about to turn 38. All right, you're older. I'm 48. (laughs) Whoa. Can you imagine? And what you look like? So I'm 46. glad I double checked. It was a legitimate question for me to ask if patty cake, if you guys grew up on patty cake right. like I did. <laughs> Matt, do you know what that is? I know what that is. Can yes. you do it? 
Do it for us, just to I'd, prove. I'd rather not. Yeah, is this one of those? Uh, I know what it is, but why don't you say it? Just to, <laughs> that's no, what Rodak what used is. to do all the time. Patty cake, patty cake, baker's man. Bake me a cake as fast as you can. Pat it, roll it, mark it with a whatever. I mean, <laughs> it didn't have to be a want. name. It could be whatever. It could be marked with a B. Put it in the oven for Buffalo oven me. Mm. Right. Or Timmy and me. I Put like it, Timmy and me. Yeah. T- yeah. I'm happy with that. <laughs> Somebody makes, it makes me happy. Puts me in a happy place. <laughs> Somebody mentioned Little Bo Peep to me the other day, and I'm like, who? who who's that? <laughs> well, yeah. That was a name I was unfamiliar with. Didn't you ever see Toy Story? Yes. All right. Bo Peep is a character in Toy Story. You didn't even pick it up on that? She loves nope. Woody. You know, they still use patty cake. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's still very much absolutely. in the lexicon. You know, I wish I had it or wish I had it committed to memory. The scene from uh, 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 Something About Mary where the uh, Harlan, Harlan Williams is in the car and he does the three little squirrels sitting on a fence, whatever it is. Do you know that one, Bobby? No. but I, Harlan me, Williams, and he's like, you know that old tale from the sea? Because he's, he's cra- the guy's crazy and he just starts spouting off some weird stuff. Hey, Bobby, though, can you, uh, can you cue us up here? Now, Sports Quotes Out of Context with Colin Dabkowski. It's a man-whipping-man game, and no matter what the position is, injuries are a part of it. <laughs> That's Colin Dabkowski. Yeah, you don't, you don't think a position. The king of sports talks, sports quotes out of context. Have you thought about trademarking this? I have thought about it, but then I don't want to read any more sports stories if I don't have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm on to the next thing. This could this be point. a book, though. If you wanted yeah. to be an author, you, this could be an easy way for you to be an author. Yeah, that's true. I could do like a little a quick little thing that you might see at like Urban Outfitters or something. Right. Like that kind of like humor book. Or And then you could also do like we were doing in here. Can you guess the sport? Oh, yeah. Have like a quit. You can just have like straight... You know, ones that are funny, and then you could have a chapter where it's a quiz. Yeah. And, the, you know, all no, kinds totally. of different formats. And I did cheat sometimes. Like, well, one time I did it, and it was about a horse. So, you know what I mean? But I felt like it was fair game, because horse racing yeah. is technically a sport, Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Horses are athletes. Yeah. Sure are. Yeah. One of our sponsors is... Is a is, horse. Is Gene Kirshner. <laughs> he is a horse. <laughs> Shampoo Travis Besaw and Kirshner is Gene Kirshner, horse racing writer for the Buffalo News. Right. You probably edited his stories. That was the story that I got the quote from. And really? he was very happy that he was involved in sports <laughs> quotes out of context. Do you ha- Is that on the list? Yeah, it is, but I have to f- run through and find it. I don't have it like right at my disposal. Well, do you have the Harlan? Oh, wait, no, I, I got it. All right. And now, sports quotes out of context. With Colin Dabkowski. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. He's very slippery, but when he gets his eyes up, he's able to make a play in tight areas. That was not the horse one. <laughs> it wasn't? <laughs> no, because I, I thought it was, but like, that was about a football player, as most of them are. I just snotted a little bit while yeah. I laughed. I feel like football probably has more of these than most. Yeah, it's largely football. I guess. Now, Sports Quotes Out of Context with Colin Dabkowski. Somebody with his size, his strength, commands a double team. If you don't give him a double team, he's going to be in your backfield making you pay. (laughs) (laughs) It's too easy. (laughs) 
<laughs> it really is very. It is easy. These are not very sophisticated. Like let's be but honest. But that's the point. Yeah. I mean, it's like they're gold. Trademark it. You have a book. Yeah. You have T-shirts. You know, I would wear a sports quotes out of context T-shirt or whatever. What would it be? S Q O C. Skulk. Yes. Sco- or O. You or want scoof. to do out of scoof. 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 Hashtag scoof. Hashtag scoof. We'll work on that. You only caught me with a joint. Okay, this is the horse and one. And now, sports quotes out of context with Colin Dabkowski. He's definitely mischievous and loves to bite. You have to keep an eye on him at all times. I like the mystery of that one being like, right. is that a, is that a hockey player maybe? <laughs> yeah, Mike, like Mike Tyson. Brad Marchand. <laughs> yeah. Brad Marchand. Oh, this is good fun. And now, sports quotes out of context with Colin Dabkowski. Everyone liked his his physique, 6'5 and 252. Most were scared by his production. (laughs) A little vague. No, ominous. Yeah. Is that a quote or copy? Did Um, somebody write that or is that... That was copy. That was, it yeah, sounds that was like copy. copy. Yeah. I think if you're a sports writer and your own copy got and included now. in this segment, that's a negative for you. <laughs> yeah, right, right. The quotes are one thing, but your own copy? <laughs> and now, sports quotes out of context with Colin Dabkowski. He's still raw, but you can't teach size. <laughs> <laughs> You only caught me with a joint. Oh, wrong one. (laughs) (laughs) And now, sports quotes out of context with Colin Dabkowski. His lack of lower body flexibility might be tough to overcome, but he does have intriguing length. (laughs) I bet you that's copy too. It's gotta be. Yeah, it is. I, I know right. exactly where that's from, but I won't. I don't want to. Intriguing call length. Funny. Wow. Intriguing is one of those words that I catch myself using sometimes. That's why I say I bet you that's copy. Where yeah, like, people are just saying that word. Yeah. Yeah. He has intriguing length. Yeah. Running out of things to say. I think I've used most of the good ones. Like, there's some reaches in here too. Let's, let's get try a one of those. Now, sports quotes out of context with Colin Dabkowski. This rough is so thick. Sometimes it gets through it. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good manscaping yeah. Uh, yeah. reference there. Thick isn't bad at all. Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh. And put, one more. Bobby's putting you on the spot. He's going rapid fire. Context with Colin Dabkowski. No matter where I'm at, somebody's going to feel me. <laughs> That's the swingers club uh, right there. Yeah. No matter. <laughs> That's another football one. You know, they have like such confidence, the players. Like they really want you to know that they're going to be up in your backfield make, <laughs> making you pay, you know? That's right. It's like, it's I don't know what that means either. Like, what is it, the backfield? Like, why? When, when so, they get their hands yeah. on you, school's out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, too much fun. This has been a lot of fun, Colin. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for coming in. Thanks for sharing your gift with us. 
thank you so much for having me. I never thought I would in my <laughs> life be on a sports talk radio show. So this is like a real milestone for me. I well, appreciate it. Next time you come in, we'll talk uh, Shakespeare, uh, Albright Knox. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm game whenever you need to take a break from deep balls and <laughs> whatever else it is that you talk about on this show. Yeah, going deep and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah filling holes. Right. <laughs> I listened to your intro and it was it was pretty dirty. Oh, those ones yeah. got those that, are, Yeah, you and Bobby <laughs> kind of have a, a yeah. kindred spirit. Yeah, you guys you know, ought to get together I know. actually and, 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 and produce something. I was just going to say, I know, between the drops we have here. Bobby's been jumping out of his chair in excitement every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, thanks for coming in. Thanks again, It's been a guys. lot of fun. Yeah. All right, when we come back, uh, Bill Sabres talk. We're going to hear from Mike McDonald from Damon about Big Four basketball and uh, much, much more on the Tim Graham Show by CTBK on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. Was no way. Welcome to the Tim Graham Show. The Tim Graham Show. This is Sports Radio 1270. Just not hitting the hole. The fan. I know I'm gonna get pimped. They gonna pimp me. Yeah, I love sausage. Thank you, Tim. Shocking. Dizzying. How did this happen? When I bring the lumber, it's all about the hole. Tim Graham Show. I did old uh, some poll uh, over the weekend. Right. Not me so honia. I did have an accident with a menorah. Here we go. On Twitter at 1270 The Fan. Wet ball. Taking your calls at 270-1270. What's up, baby? How you doing? Here we go. The Tim Graham Show. When's the last time you read the New Testament, huh? I'm trying to put my junk back in place. You're one of the guys I'm following on Twitter, you know. Well, I like this guy, uh, Tim Graham. Welcome back to the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampoo, Travis, Besaw, and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants. Give you a little uh, clue into what just happened there. It's been a we've had a lot of laughs here on the show today. They don't stop just because no. Colin Dabkowski's gone. Right before we come back on, Bobby says Bill Russell died. And I said <laughs> with what? a question mark. Yeah, you did say Bill Russell died, and I said what really? And you're like, Bobby says, no, uh, it's his 80th birthday. (laughs) A little bit different. Yeah. Quite a turnaround. (laughs) Yeah, that was. It's an M. Night Shyamalan twist, if ever I experienced one. It's not his 80th, it's his 86th. I just couldn't read the six. All right. That'll happen. Third time's a charm. Those round numbers. (laughs) In five minutes, the story will be something different. I know. The... uh, we were. I was crushed with texts during the uh, during the last two segments about how entertaining the radio was. Awesome. So I think Colin Dabkowski should put a book together. I agree. I'd buy it. Like the whole way he came up with it, and then a section where he has uh, writes them all out. Maybe gives you some. Con- but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great idea. It's so unique. It should at least be a social media thing where people from all over the country are sending Colin their submissions and he submits to them. He distills them and puts out the best of the week. Right. I like it. We obviously like it. We were laughing. If things make us laugh, I have a tendency to like it. It's It's funny stuff. 
I have a feeling that'll be on the next best of the Tim Graham show whenever you might run. Oh, that's, that's an evergreen segment. Right. Two segments. I'm Tim Graham from The Athletic here with Matthew Fairburn. He also works at The Athletic. He covers the Buffalo Bills. Bronstein and Bronstein uh, partner Jonah Bronstein is here for all your sports writing injury needs. And Bobby Rosati handling the board as the producer of the Tim Graham Show and only the Tim Graham Show on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. I stand alone. <laughs> you win. Yeah, you've eliminated all your competition on this station. <laughs> You're now the number one sports host on 1270, local. Uh, I think that's the wrong competition to eliminate. <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed to come in and eliminate my coworkers. You're next, Fairburn. Yeah, we eliminated Bucky. We got rid of Sully. No. <laughs> Bobby's next. Yeah, yeah Bobby, you, you nervous? Right, I know I should be. They, you, I should be nervous that Bo- if Bobby gets eliminated. <laughs> he gets the game ball every week. What are we going to do if we lose Bobby? Right. We're in trouble. Jeez. Hire Colin. <laughs> I don't know if he knows how to operate a board. Maybe that's what he does know how to do. You know, no sports, so maybe he knows technology and Shakespeare. Because those two things go hand in hand. Occasionally. All those Shakespeare apps. They're out there making all that money. <laughs> hey, what's going on with the Bills these days, Matt? It's pretty slow. Starlo Tulele uh, restructures his contract, and everybody's uh, jumping on it like it's... It, uh, Josh Allen, fired up. Josh Allen's on Barstool. Let's talk about that for a second. Jeremy Roenick got fired today from NBC for comments that he made while on a Barstool Sports uh, podcast, Spitting Chicklets, back in December. And what he did was he was flippantly talking about how he would have sex with Catherine Tappan, the NBC sports anchor who does hockey coverage for them, and that uh, he and his wife and Catherine Tappan had gone on some trip together and that he was telling people that they were all sleeping together. And, well, he finally got fired today. He was suspended for a bit, got fired today. And I bring that up because Josh Allen has, a, has an association with Barstool, a relationship. Yeah. I so I would, yeah. And it's, um, I've, I, I think it's risky to his brand, but talking about it before the show with Bobby and, uh, and Jonah, and they, they made a great point. It's like appearing on Howard Stern. It's as risky as you allow it to be. And, and Josh Allen's pretty, I think, he seems pretty careful with his, you know, but, but the brand itself, is it, is it risky to be associated with Barstool or not? Bobby, you're a Barstool fan. Well, I'm not. I pay attention to it. I, I know yeah. about it. I think I don't know. It's it's tar- it's hard to say. I think the Howard Stern comparison is so easy, but it really is what you allow it to be. I mean, if if you're going to go on there and you know you want to get into your personal life, they'll get into your personal life. But a lot of times, I think you can set the limitations, set the boundaries, and. Josh Allen's one of the hottest quarterbacks of his generation. So I mean, it's it, it's like popularity wise, it's like. Of course you're going to want to dance around that stuff for him and be accommodating to him if you want to get him back and he hasn't done anything terrible since so I or you know terrible at all so I don't know it's it's tough to say that that would damage your brand in a world where everything's going podcast everything's going you know basically x-rated Yeah uh, x-rated in terms uh, of like uh, uh Profanity and right, things, right. but the topics that yes. you get into, and I guess it's you can you can get caught up in the 
you can get caught up in the spirit of the show. Yes. And if you allow yourself easily. to do that, then you that's where you slip up, I well, think. That's the brilliance of Howard Stern. How many people have you heard great, uh, you know, people, small-time, big-time people say, you know, I, I said some stuff I wish I didn't, but Howard got me so comfortable and so into the zone, I, I didn't even realize I was saying it. So as long as he doesn't get himself in, in that situation, I don't, I don't think it's possible. But then you got guys like Baker Mayfield that kind of take that spotlight and provide that so I, I don't think it's a problem with Josh Allen yeah I don't I've I usually listen uh when Josh Allen is on those shows or if he's uh you know he's been on when they do the the pizza thing oh, right. they go and review you know pizza places and so I'll watch and I'll listen when he's on part of my take mostly for that reason of like okay let's make sure he didn't step in it here I don't listen to those shows otherwise i in listening to him he's not drastically different on those shows than he is in other settings with the media so he's he doesn't get too comfortable to your point of you know he keeps his guard up enough enough there are times where you know he's more forthcoming with them than he is with the you know than he is on Wednesday afternoons with the Buffalo media, which I think is to be expected. He's buddies with those guys. They've kind of championed him. There, it's a weird in between where they are. Right, they're they're trying to be Josh Allen's buddy in a lot of ways. Where the weird thing is, it started off they were making fun of him. They I were think. they were making fun of him. Yeah, they were making. I mean, PFT commenters' whole thing is. A joke, right? He's making fun of these stupid things like Josh Allen looks good in shorts, and that, and it became this weird, you know, it was tongue in cheek that they were saying draft Josh Allen, but then he and I think wasn't and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't and then Josh Allen embraced it as a way of hey, if somebody if I became the butt of somebody's joke on Twitter like that, I might reach out and favorite a couple and like maybe even retweet it as kind of like, yeah, I'm getting a kick out of this. And it was kind of, it's kind of, he was a good sport. Yeah. He was a good sport. They weren't about malicious. Right. They weren't like attacking him and trying to, you know, but really I, but make they fun were of being him. disingenuous. But they were being they tongue were, in cheek, yeah. disingenuous. And then when it turns out that he's a, you know, cool guy about it, then it gets they picked become seventh buddy. overall. It's kind of like Blake Bortles. They were really good buddies with Blake Bortles and they had, yeah, I think they Andrew Luck had his what reading club or whatever, and they did a thing with Blake Bortles where it was like the Blake Bortles Wikipedia club because like Blake Bortles is so stupid he can't read books <laughs> type of thing. Which Blake Bortles played along, and you know it's all fun and games. So, but yeah, you're right. I, I mean, to some extent, you just have to. I, there is, I think, or maybe there should be a bigger, you know, red flag of hey. Let's watch out of associating ourselves with this brand because of some of, um, you know, what they've, you know, been tied to. But pardon my take has towed the line, I think, and they've roped in a different audience than Barstool had previously, I think. And I think that's relatively harmless for him. And he's done a good job of, he shares some, some things on there. You know, they asked him about, you know, what the hell he was thinking on that lateral in the uh in overtime and things like that. He did share that which I don't remember if Brian Dable ever admitted this that your story on them playing Renegade at the Steelers uh, at Heinz Field 
and then Brian Dable immediately going deep. Mm-hmm. That was purposeful. Uh, Josh right. was talking about that. I uh, was told that was, was I was told that was purposeful, but to, I was told that I couldn't say so. Right, like Dable was real coy about it in the but press I conference. Wrote ab- but I, I wrote about it. It was pretty as obvious, though, right? Yes, but you know, stuff like that, little things that maybe he'd be dancing around. He'll, you know, share a little bit of. So, hey, if he wants to go on there, I think it's uh, he's it's his own risk that he wants to take because those guys can disarm you pretty quickly. I mean, that's part of what has made their podcast so successful is having some of these big name people on there. And then they say something pretty outlandish because they just get caught up in it. And Hey, that makes them pretty good interviewer interviewers. I think they're really good interviewers. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a risky game to play. A lot of them do. Sam Darnold is, uh, was hanging out with Barstool down at the Super Bowl. Um, I don't think it's – I think the majority of Bills fans, it, Josh Allen's audience, right? His there was another – there was a female reporter who got fired for her. She was got in there and tried to mix it up with the guys. She was, like, trying to be one of the guys and said some things maybe a year or so ago. Does that ring a bell? Um, and she ended up getting fired for saying some inappropriate things on the Pardon My Take podcast i think or maybe it was even the yeah. tv show yeah i think it was the part of my t- but it, the only thing is and I, I know we got mcdonald coming up here in a minute but isn't it hard to say that if something did go wrong with barstool you know they because they've had a couple incidents before where he would be forever attached to that that that's the only risk i would say because i'm not against him doing that but that, that would be the only risk is that if something you know potentially career damaging happened with barstool you know they dis- and then his name's attached to it but you know that, that's kind of a long shot i mean they might have the type of relationship too where if he you know they're not that's not a live show right like out to get him so it might produce be around. Or they know yeah you have their a buddies with them. Like, look i'll come on just don't f me or, you know, or just maybe he just does step me. in it and then stops himself and says, you know, after the fact. Because right. I, th- I assume, I don't know this for sure, but I think uh, a member of the Bills PR staff was there when that interview was taped at the Super Bowl because Josh mentioned something uh, yeah. during the interview. But, um, yeah, I mean, hey, it is it is what it is. A lot of people who like the Bills also like Barstool, so he's not really – it's not making him less popular, and you know, a lot of people like Barstool, millions. So it was uh, Emily Austin of Fox Sports Florida, and it was back in June of 2016. She was with Dave Portnoy, Dan Katz, uh, and uh, and a, and another host of some point, and she started. Uh, she I guess spoke in some very racist terms and uh, ended up losing her job. Uh, for that, ended up uh, getting hired by Liberty University uh, a few months ago. Uh, all right, we're going to have uh, Mike McDonald on, but I agree. Um, Josh Allen, as long as he's as he's careful, but it uh, does it. You got to be careful with how you how you build your brand. I know he's been doing it very carefully here in Western New York with. Um, Oshai Children's Hospital and doing all these things and then there's Barstool and even the interview that he's on the other things that you can see when you go to Barstool's website and what Barstool is into and to be you know it's look he's got a lot of people who get paid a lot of money around him to make sure that he makes the right decisions so I'm not I was just raising it as 
as, as something that is can be a minefield, especially with Jeremy Roenick getting fired today. Uh, when we come back, Mike McDonald from Damon. He's going to talk uh, college hoops about his program and some of the others here in the Big Four uh, and uh, – the scene in Western New York when we come back on the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by CTBK. Tim Graham Show. Prominent, prominent listener sent uh, this gift to me. I will have a big unveiling. Jim Brown's still a free agent. This is Sports Radio 1270, The Fan. Welcome back to the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by CTBK. This is Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. I'm Tim Graham of The Athletic. Here with Jonah Bronstein, Matthew Fairburn, Bobby Rosati. Great segment we had earlier. Two segments with Colin Dabkowski. Plaudits are still rolling in. Let's see if Mike McDonald can up the ante. Mike McDonald the men's basketball coach at Damon. He's uh, he's having a great season, as you'd expect. Wait, joining us now on the NCCC oh, Thunderwolves oh, hotline. Oh, that's right. Joining us now on the NCCC Thunderwolves hotline, Mike McDonald of Damon. It could be a recruiting violation. We still haven't heard from the NCAA about whether NCCC Thunderwolves hotline constitutes a recruiting violation for uh, NCAA coaches. What do you think? Do you think you're safe yeah. on the on the end trip hotline? Yeah, I think we're okay. And it's really an honor to be on uh, Pardon My Take. Is that what we're <laughs> on right now? <laughs> How many uh, – when is Tim the last – That's awesome. I made Tim Graham speechless. Well, I'm trying to come up with the next question that would be a, a pardon my take style gotcha. Um, Coach McDonald, have you stopped uh, recruiting uh, kids who don't qualify? <laughs> Never started. Mm, I, that was a, that was not one of the, it was yes or no. <laughs> You're coming uh, off. Of, it's always great, and uh, you're coming off a win, a ten point win over Queens College. That was on the road, and you come back on Valentine's Day, a sweetheart of a game against Ooh, the against the ranked, uh, depending on which poll you use, either number twelve or number fifteen, St. Thomas Aquinas, and that's going to be at home on Friday. Uh, what's what's the state of the program right now, Coach? Well, we have a uh, very difficult game on on Friday, like you said. Um, it is not exactly what you're looking for on Valentine's Day. It's a it's a, a tough game, but um, we've uh, you know, Tim, we're 19 and six right now, which is great. Um, but we have a couple losses in our league, and we're we're in that time of year where we you're trying to just get as many good quality wins as you can, so that if you don't win your conference tournament, you have a chance to uh, be an at-large team and get to the NCAA tournament like we did last year through the at-large process as opposed to the automatic bid. So uh, Friday night's a big game for us. 11-1 at one at home, 7-4 and four on the road. Is there a common thread to the problems you've had on the road? <laughs> we, we, we've played really good teams. Let's see, we played the number one team in the country, Northwest Missouri. We've played uh, um, 
we we played St. Anselm, who's one of the top ten in the East Region. We played Stonehill, who's in the top uh, four in the East Region, probably. Uh, we played Bridgeport, who's number one in the East Region, and we played the aforementioned St. Thomas Aquinas uh, team, at, who is number, I think, two or three in the region right now. So, And we lost those road games. So I think the problem is we played too many good teams on the road. That sounds like an excuse, Mike. Yeah, it is. You shouldn't play road <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah, speaking of excuses, to to do that. Uh, speaking of excuses, uh, Andrew Cisco, your All-American center, he has been a little bit banged up. How much did that factor into some of the struggles you might have had in those games, and how much better is he now? He, he's getting better. He's getting better. He's had some upper body and lower body issues. His uh, upper body, you saw him probably, if you came to a game, you'd see him wearing this thing. It looked like the claw that he was wearing. And uh, he, uh, But he's, he's taken that off now, and he's able to play um, kind of more traditionally. And, uh, um, you know, we're getting there. This time of year, everybody's a little banged up. You know, we the thing, Jonah. I, I think for us, it's been interesting. Is we play, we started playing back on November first, and we've already played twenty five games. And that's a lot of games, uh, a lot of games. And if you count the three exhibitions we played against UB, against uh, Syracuse, and against uh, we played a Canadian team too. We've played twenty eight games, and it's not even Valentine's Day yet, and that's. Uh, that's a lot of games, you know, for uh, for us. And it's been uh, it's been a little bit of an adjustment. It seems like it's made the season longer, probably for all of us. And we've had to make sure we do what we can to kind of stay healthy. You know, your game on Friday, as a lot of your league games are, is a doubleheader with the women, the Damon women. They've won ten in a row, and this is a pretty big game for them. W- what's it like, just kind of the buzz on campus with both of these teams doing as well as they've been? Well, it's it's, it's a lot of fun. It's great, you know, and. Uh, you think back to like when UConn was winning a men's national championship and a women's national championship, and you, you're always trying to you know strive to get to that level. And and Jen Banker has done a tremendous job with the women's program and built it up. And uh, they have a as I was going to mention that too that you, they have a huge game at six o'clock um, against St. Thomas Aquinas, who's the only team in the league to beat them so far this year. St. Thomas Aquinas women are undefeated, so a really good basketball being played at Damon right now, and I think Friday night would be a great one. Uh, if, you, if you don't have plans for Valentine's Day, or maybe even if you do, you come out and take your sweetheart to a game. It is a great date night, uh, Damon uh, basketball. Nothing? Now I've, now I've rendered you speechless? <laughs> uh, five, five games remaining in the regular season schedule for you, Mike. Um what are the things you need to accomplish? I know wins are important, but is there also an element of prepping for the tournament and just working on certain things, almost like a uh, an exhibition maybe mentality as you're getting, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Cisco back and, and just trying to work your way through some things um, because some games are more important than others and, and those most important games are coming up. Yeah, you know what? Tim, I think it's uh, it's interesting because um, you really, you know, the old coach's cliche, you want to be playing your best ball at the end of the year, da-da-da-da. But I think we, you know, we went through a little bit of a rut in early January, and we played some road games. We played some tough road games. We went one and two 
on a New England swing where we played uh, three games in four days. And, um, you know, we, we came back and we were playing just okay. We weren't playing great. But I think since mid-January, we've kind of turned a corner some. And we've done a, a nice job of, uh, of really um, getting to the point where we're getting, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to play better. And uh, sometimes you think, you know, we do have uh, some older kids, and you're saying, oh, you probably don't, you know, you don't, it uh, doesn't matter as much. You know, you're, you're going to, your older kids are going to be okay. But we know uh, everybody's got to improve, and every team can improve. And we think that we thought that right now we're starting to play a little bit better. And I think that's, that's important going forward. I'm trying to do the math real quick uh, as I ask this question. Four games in... 19 days, I guess it is. That gives you a little bit of breathing room. You're talking about maybe a condensed schedule there back in January, but now you have these next four games over 19 days. Uh, how much do you think that will help in terms of... I think it's important because I think one of the biggest things, and one of the things you, you think of is, you don't think of as much as a young coach, but you do think of, uh, as you get older, that it's important for rest. Rest is so important. And... Uh, Getting guys, keeping them fresh this time of year, you know, and and, and getting guys ready to um, just ready to play the games. Because right now you kind of are what you are. You're going to improve in certain areas, but you're not going to improve that much. You got to tinker here and there. And uh, you know, at this point, you want to make sure guys are excited to be in the gym. It's fresh, and it's boom. We're in. We're out for practice, and we're ready to go for the game. You know, Mike, I'm assuming you're on your way up to Monteagle Ridge? Uh, I'm going to be. First, I have a uh, St. Ben's versus St. Greg's basketball game I must attend over at St. Andrews. Who do you like uh, in that so one, we, Benny's or Greg's? I, I hope I hope St. Ben's. I hope St. Ben's. That's what we're banking on. But uh, you never quite know. But we have uh, my, my, my youngest son, Mark, is in eighth grade at St. Ben's, and we have a game uh, there. So we got to... I hit that one and then, then head up to Mount Eagle Ridge to see uh, Niagara versus Canisius. And your other son, Nick, is playing for Niagara. He had, uh, I think, he scored about 15 points, made a bunch of threes in the previous game. He had 18 points. 18 if we're points. We're going to do this show, we should do it right, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of rooting and, and interest. It wasn't, and, it, and it wasn't six threes. Like when I, we played actually at Queens that day, and I got out, and my oldest son, Matt, was at our game. And he said Nick ended up with 18, and he goes, but he had layups. He had six points in layups and uh, in twos, so it was a little shocking. He didn't. We, you know, the original thought was in uh, in Jordan, like you know, noodles. Uh, and Nick ends up getting uh, he'll he'll get uh, six threes, and that would be his scoring. He'd have 18 points. Yeah, I wasn't know, even he sure he he set foot inside the arc. I thought it was just corner wing, corner wing. Yeah. Every now and then, every now and then he ventures in. He has to get his passport stamped to do it. But he's <laughs> um, you know, that, that rooting interest aside, what do you think about the way Niagara and Canisius have been playing and this matchup and what it means to Western New York even when both teams aren't really having their best seasons? Well, when I was coaching at Canisius and Joe Mahalik was coaching at Niagara, Jack Armstrong at Niagara, we, you know, they always say, hey, they – they throw the records out. And a lot of times when I was coaching, we wanted to throw the records out. Um, I thought that was very important to do. But we, uh, um, you know, it's, it is a rivalry game. 
and it does get people excited. I'm curious, I'm anxious to see what kind of crowd they get up there at the Gallagher Center. Hopefully it's a good one. Um, it's usually a, uh, a fun night, you know, for local college basketball when the two, two rivals meet. So um, Niagara, Greg Paulus has done a really nice job, and I'm not saying that because he lets Nick play. He, does, he has done a nice job, and he's, you know, it, it was kind of a crazy situation when he got hired, and he's been able to kind of keep the guys playing at a pretty good level. They're a little undersized. I probably should say a lot undersized, but they've done a really good job. And, you know, everybody knows Reggie Witherspoon's a really good coach. And Kenesha's had some good room, good streaks here this year, I think. And then you know, they've been up and down a little bit. But that's uh, kind of the nature of the beast, too. What's your thought on the big four this year in general, if you could handicap the four teams? I think the best team is probably the Bonnies. You know, I think the St. Bonaventure under Mark Schmidt, they, they've had some injuries, but when they are fully healthy, I think they're probably the best team. Um, I think UB and Jim Whitesell, you know, I think we all knew they, there would be an adjustment here. With, with uh, Everybody's like, well, it's a new coach. And it's not so much the new coach, because I think if Nate Oates was here, it'd be the same thing. It's just the fact that they lost C.J. Massenberg and Nick Perkins and really good players from last year's team and, and guys in, on, uh, that were in uh, different roles have now had to play a little more of a prominent role. And, and when you're in that situation, you're going to have some good nights and you're going to have some nights where you're scratching your head a little bit and wondering what's going on. So I think, uh, I think that's kind of, UB is not far off from where I think they'd be, but I think UB is one of those teams that could get in their conference tournament and make a run. And, uh, and and get it back to the NCAA tournament. What do you think is the ceiling for this Bonnet team? Can get, they get in the mix for an at-large bid, or they may be an NIT team if they don't win the NCAA, the Atlantic 10 tournament? I, I think they're definitely an NIT bid. I don't know where their strength of schedule is, honestly, right now, but I do know that they're, they have, um, you know, if they're third right now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I third in the third conference. right now in the Atlantic 10. And the Atlantic 10 is a really good league this year. I mean, you know, uh, I, I would say, you know, without a doubt, Dayton's in, right? Dayton's going to be in no matter what happens in the conference tournament. And Rhode Island's, like, right on that, that edge. Um, and then after that, it comes down to, you know, the Bonnies being third. I think they have a chance to be, uh, uh, you know, to be a team that kind of sneaks in the NCAA tournament. It, and they might be a year away from when they're really going to be good because they do have a lot of guys who are uh, – um, who are good are are young and and key contributors for them. Yeah, they really only play one senior that Amadi Pizzi from Amherst, and he comes off the yeah, bench. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So you know, you look at that team, and again, if, they, if Mark Schmidt keeps them together all next year, I mean, they could be really good next year. But that league is that league is good. I think there were a couple of years where the Atlantic Ten was down, and they were kind of a one bid league. I think now they're they're it's a it's a good league. So for all you guys listening out there, uh, if you haven't gotten your wife, your girlfriend, your significant other uh, a gift yet for Valentine's Day, don't fret. There is still a chance <laughs> to do something nice for your significant other. And I'm assuming it's mostly men out there listening. There might be some women out there listening, too. But you want to check out on Friday night a men's-women's doubleheader 6.05, the women tip off against St. Thomas Aquinas. And then at 8.05, the men go against St. Thomas Aquinas. Out there at Lumsden Gymnasium in Amherst, you can check out 
Damon men's and women's basketball. And uh, and then what would you do? I guess that gives you plenty of time. Like to have some stadium food in between. Get some drinks. There's a Denny's afterward. across the street. Yep, that's oh, that's a great Denny's. I I actually go to Den, that Denny's and work a lot. And there's Snyder, right? Is that really Snyder? Well, that's where you can uh, write your story. Snyder, you're right. Yeah, you guys go there, and it has great Wi-Fi. And the the ladies there, they let me sit there for a while, and I'm not a, I don't hassle them. I'm low maintenance, and I do sit there. I get some work done. So yeah, check out that Denny's. Um, Good plug for one of our sponsors too. Holy cow! Uh, are they there one of go. your sponsors, really? Yes, they are. Well, it's a fantastic location. I highly recommend it. Um, Mike, anything you want to talk about that we didn't mention? No, I'm looking forward to March when I get to come in and we can break down the uh, NCAA tournament bracket and everything. It always always means spring is right around the corner. Yeah, it, you, you're right. I can't, uh, you know, I'm picturing it, and there's generally sun coming through the window. Right now it's dark, but, yeah, the, we have longer days, and uh, the snow. there's no snow on the ground usually. It's starting to warm up, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that too, Mike. Thanks for being a good friend of the show. No problem, Tim, anytime. Great, thanks for having me on. That's Mike McDonald breaking uh, all kinds of uh, collegiate rules uh, by appearing with us on the NCCC Thunderwolves hotline. Come be a part of a winning team at Niagara County Community College. Mike McDonald from Damon. I was just going to mention NCCC women, 25-1. and one. The men, 21-3, and three, I believe. Holy smokes. They really are the winning team. Yes. Come be a part of a winning team at Niagara County Community College. I'll say it again. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's the fourth time in five years they've won 25-plus games, and they don't play quite as many games as a Division I team where they're about two or three lower than that. Dang. No, they're not messing around, them Thunderwolves. All right, when we come back, we're going to get into some uh, Bill Sabres topics. When we come back on the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by CTBK. Dirty. So it's uh, no issue for me. Taking your calls at 270-1270. Get into it after the hour when we have more time to uh, spread our legs a little bit. This is Sports Radio 1270, The Fan, The Tim Graham Show. Welcome back to the Tim Graham Show, brought to you by Shampo, Travis, Besaw, and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants here on Sports Radio 1270 The Fan. Jonah Bronstein nailed it. The name of this segment is Let's... Oh, no, what, go ahead. What team will Bobby Rosati be rooting for in the fall? Right. right. Bobby Rosati... Other than the Republicans. ...is a New England <laughs> Patriots fan, of. but only because he's a Tom Brady fan. Right. He's actually wearing his AFC champions. Yeah, 2018. Last likes year. Likes his throwing motion. Why wouldn't you get a Super Bowl over. champion? Why is it AFC? Why is that? They didn't nope. win the Super Bowl yet when I ordered it. Oh, see. Yeah. He's Just more He's more proud of those AFC titles yeah. than the Super Bowl uh, You know how it is. It's T-shirt tough. and hat game. <laughs> so if Tom Brady is Bobby Rosati's hero, and that is his focus of fandom. Let's take a look at where Tom Brady might land. And we're going to do it the opposite way that everybody else has been doing it. Everybody's saying, well, what are the handful? Of-? Let's eliminate teams. Well, Let's see how many teams actually would be even in the... Can I ask you something the- what? at the top? Um, yes. Do you... I mean, certainly we don't really... We're not invested in where Tom... We're not like Bobby. 
You right. know, we're not invested in where Tom Brady. I'm lies. not going to buy gear based on However, where Tom Brady ends up. As a as somebody who follows football closely, I think it'd be kind of interesting if he went somewhere else. Don't you? Would you Would you want to see that? Yes. Are you allowed to want to sure. see it? Sure. Would you want to see it? I'd want to see Christian it. Christian Fourier, the former Patriots tight end who now does radio in Boston, came out today and said Tom Brady's gone, that he's there's no way he's coming back. And all of the – he even no singled way. out – Right. And he, he said there's no way. <laughs> uh, he even singled out Ian Rappaport's coverage on this as BS and that it's all just narrative changing and trying to keep the, keep some story alive as something to talk about that uh, he's good as gone. So let's take a look at this opposite. Let's eliminate the teams. Like you may say, and this isn't about who has a quarterback that's better than Tom Brady, but for instance, on this very show, Brandon Bean said, why would Tom Brady sign with the Bills? Uh, He's interested in starting. He's not going to be a backup. That's the Bills saying, we like our guy. So even though you're going to say, all right, Tom Brady at 43 or whatever he is would be an upgrade over Josh Allen. There's the fact that it's a rental situation. Right. It's for one year. Yeah, it doesn't Some fit. teams have already invested in the grooming their next quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're not going to want – just be – all right, so it's not about who's better or worse. Are we ruling out both teams who would not want him for those reasons and teams that he most likely just yes. wouldn't go to? Yeah, okay. let's just rule out teams, all right? The Chiefs. So, Let's well. Let's go by division. Yeah. Let's let's cat let's categorize this. The AFC East. The Bills. Brandon Bean is already set. Mm-hmm. Let's rule out the Bills. The Patriots. Well, of course he could return to the Patriots. So, uh, the Miami Dolphins. Can we rule out the Miami Dolphins? I would say <sighs> you can. You can come very close to ruling yeah. them out. Why? The only re- because. I don't think Tom Brady's going to a team that was as bad as the the Dolphins aren't quite right. He might only have a year or two left, and they're probably not winning a Super Bowl. The reason I say you can sort of keep them alive is Brian Flores. Maybe there's some respect there. Who knows? They've got tons of money, draft picks. They could flip it and be a contender next year with Tom Brady. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. rule them out of wanting him, but that seems like... Slim. Or best. to say, look, Tom, you come down here, and we know that we can get this receiver, this offensive lineman, these two guys on defense. Maybe get Gronk to come out of retirement. There's people that are talking about, you know, maybe he would come Package out of retirement deal. for him. I am yeah. not going to rule out the Dolphins. Yeah, I'd say there's a, they've got a, a little bit of. All right, a, so let's just go with. All right, so uh, the uh, the Jets, AFC. The oh, the Jets. Yes. Or no, excuse rule me. Rule them, them out. out. Rule them out. Rule them out. Sam Darnold. He's yeah. their future. Similar to Josh Allen and the Bills. Mm-hmm. Okay. The AFC North, Baltimore, rule them out. Yep. Cleveland, got to rule them out, right? You got to see things. I don't know. Number one overall pick. I think with Cleveland, because it's Cleveland, I think it's always a possibility. I don't think he would go there, but you have to imagine the Haslam's, the Haslam's wouldn't go for that. They, I think it has to go down. It, some, well, we were yeah. talking about the same thing with Darnold. Well, why wouldn't yeah, the, the Jets? We ruled out the Jets. Why wouldn't but we rule out the Browns? the Browns? Bobby makes a good point. Yeah. It but is the, the same Browns. thing. It is the Jets. Yeah, true. But there. are they that unstable a quarterback? I mean, they, they, they stuck Adam it out with Gates. Mark Sanchez that guy's for a out while. Of his mind, so. And how much can they invest in a quarterback, two quarterbacks? Because you're still paying, although it's his rookie deal, Sam Darnold. 
Uh, let's take a look at uh, how much space the Browns have, just for the record. I'm using Spot Track here. Uh, they're uh, good friends uh, of, I think weapon, of all newspaper reporters. Weapon-wise, Matt, you're absolutely right. He, who wouldn't want to throw to OBJ and probably the best completion receiver he, he would ever have thrown Being to? Being able to hand off Landry? to Nick Chubb. Woo. The Miami Dolphins have $90 million in cap space. They could do all kinds of things with their free agency. That's why I don't want to rule them out. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are 15th. They have the 15th most space, 48 million, uh, 49 million. Uh, so they wouldn't need to do much else. Room, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm not going to rule out the Browns. Uh, I'm going to. I'm ruling out the Browns. This is my show. <laughs> I'm ruling them out. I'm out. Because of Baker Mayfield. If we're yeah, not, if we're going to yeah. rule out the Jets, then I want to rule out the Browns. And I Fair. don't think Brady's going to Cleveland. Yeah, I think the Baker Mayfield factor. He picked him number one. They've discarded first-round draft picks at quarterbacks right. probably more often than any other franchise, but um, that's a number one overall. It's I the am, same as what Brandon Bean said on this show about Josh Allen. You know, yeah, but you Brandon have that Bean kind of is young probably a little bit more logical and stable than you know the Browns have been turning over. Mm, you know, that's a where lot, my thought was, a lot but more. you're right. But, yeah, still, same idea, same – If your point. With the Jets, you got to – if we're doing it with the Jets, we got to do it with the Browns. The Bengals are interesting. They have the number one pick. You want to say Joe Burrow. He's not going to a team that was the worst in football, though, is he? True. That's that's one that you could rule out in that way. I was yeah. just going to say that, theoretically, if you're the Bengals, you may say, yeah, we're going to draft Joe Burrow and sign Tom sure. Brady, have him around for a year, but mm. I think we can go ahead and rule out the Is Bengals. that Brady's move, though, right now? Yeah, He's Brady's going to the worst Ryan team and see how high he can lift them up? I always said that would be awesome for Michael Jordan to do, and that was one of the few things that he could have conquered. Back there in the mid to late 90s is when he was done with the Bulls to go to the Clippers, which were then the dog meat NBA franchise. He tried to do that with the Wizards in yeah. a way. Yes, he did. Um so yeah, but now all right, we're out. We're almost out of time. See, we, we're deliberating too much. The Steelers have Ben Roethlisberger. That's not going to happen. We can rule out the Steelers. We can rule out. Now let's go to the AFC South. We can rule out mm. the Texans. Yep. We can not rule out the Colts. Nope. Uh, and in fact, interesting there. You know the whole Frank Reich thing, quarterback guru ish. They do have a good defense. They're a team that is. They're kinda, connected to Philip Rivers. Yep. So they if they're connected room. to Philip Rivers, they should be connected to Tom Brady. The Jaguars. Uh, can we rule that out? I he's not going to the Jaguars. He's not going. To he's not Jackson. going there. He's not going to go. But there. they, they would use, be interested they could in him. Use him absolutely. The but Titans are him. very much. Uh, I think a very player. viable. I, Very much a player. Can't rule them out. If anything, more than a lot of teams would be because of their two vacancies. Yeah, Titans uh, for sure. Because And Mike Vrabel connection. The Jaguars also have the problem of having a buttload of money tied up in mm -hmm. Nick Foles. That's right. That's not exactly easy. And they believe they right. have two quality quarterbacks. Minshew played okay. If you have that depth on I mean, what are you going to do there? Yeah. That's tough. Their, their hands are kind of tied. Uh, the Broncos. Uh, Denver, I they got can't Drew rule out. Yeah, you got to rule them out. Can you rule them out? They feel pretty good about Drew Locke. He finished the season and strong, and Brady's not going to Denver to do the same thing Peyton did. All right, the Chiefs, of course, you can rule them out. The Chargers, you cannot rule out. That Top is a, of the list. Yep, can't rule out the Raiders either. Cannot They're rule right out the Raiders. Raiders. Yeah, good chance of being in the AFC West if he decides to leave. Ugh. Uh, okay, let me make sure. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 
Uh, I'm missing uh, two teams. Oh, of course, the Patriots. All right. And now the NFC. The Cowboys. Mm. We don't know. That's a revolving. They would be in the mix. Sure. We don't know what's going to happen with Dak Prescott. Yes. Uh, The New York Giants. You can rule them out. Mm -hmm. The Eagles. You can rule them out. Yeah, they're pretty bought in on Carson. They've got a lot of money tied up in him. Washington. You could probably rule them out from a Tom Brady standpoint. Yes. I'm, if I'm Tom Brady, I'm crossing them off my list, although he'd be pretty close to his buddy Donald if he went down and played right. D.C. Yes. Yeah. So, but yeah, but he I would lives say, in Florida now, I think. That's true. The what if White Tom House. Brady has political aspirations? Maybe spending some time in D.C. <laughs> would no be... Way. What do you Not, mean? No way! As soon as they fought, as soon as they picked that Trump hat out of his locker back in '15, he distanced himself as much as he could. I'm there, not going to rule out pictures. Washington. Yeah, I think you're, you're crazy. <laughs> you ruled out the Browns nuts. and not Washington. All right, it Washington could just throw it's everything at him. You don't yeah. have to defend yourself. Uh, Chicago, we can rule out. Oh, I don't think so. I don't no, not at all. No, we can't. No, we can't. I think he'd like that. Situation. I, we have a minute. <laughs> Detroit. Um, is Stafford available? How about Detroit with? Uh, yeah, I think you have to. With um, they bring Danny back, Danny Amendola. With what's his face, Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia. Uh, the Packers, you can rule out. He's also a Michigan man. Let's not forget oh, Tom Brady. Yes. Uh, Ooh, Minnesota, rule him out. Yeah. Atlanta, rule. Yeah. Yeah. They Matt the, Ryan's got a lot of money. Three or four years left too. I think Carolina do not rule them out. Certainly not. Though they might be too much of a rebuilding project. New Orleans rule them out. Do you though? Drew yeah, Brees. You know what? That would be a fascinating oh little switch God. if uh, they let him. If, if he went down to New Orleans, could you I, imagine that? Drew Brees is the franchise. New Orleans is going to re-sign Drew yeah, Brees. They wouldn't. So that's why that. I'm ruling them out. The odds are I'm ruling out. Uh, Tampa Bay. That's a definite mm-hmm. possibility. Uh, Arizona rule them out. The L.A. Rams do not rule them out. Again, a lot of money, though. Yeah, that's true. They'd have to work some magic. But if you're going to try to do it for one year... Um, They've done it before, remember? They, they could push some salary and yeah. do some different things. San Francisco rule them. Ooh, and that's I, fascinating. It's fascinating, but I think you got to yeah, rule them out. They've already publicly gone to bat yeah. for Garoppolo. Seattle, rule them out. Yeah. So we have some. We're Arizona? at six oh one. We've gone too late. Did you get Arizona? We did. We did. Oh, okay. No. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve teams I have here. Oh, TB twelve. Yep. Oh. oh, the Illuminati. <laughs> that comes. All right. I don't even know. We didn't accomplish anything. <laughs> we got a list, and we don't. Next week we'll narrow it down. Yeah, we'll get that. We'll have a tournament next week. Bobby can tell us what he wants. Right. All right. Thanks for listening to the Tim Graham Show. My uh, my thanks to Colin Dabkowski for coming in in studio. My thanks to Mike McDonald for joining us on the NCCC Thunderwolves Hotline, talking about Big Four basketball in addition to the doubleheader that's taking place at Damon Men's Women's Doubleheader starting at 6 p.m. Uh, at uh, uh, on campus there at Lumsden Gymnasium. Uh, my thanks to Jonah Bronstein and Matthew Fairburn and, and Bobby Rosati and to Sports Radio 1270 The Fan for not storming in here today and kicking me off the air. <laughs> we'll try to do it again next week. 
Thanks for listening to the show, and thanks also for Shampoo Travis Besaw and Kirshner, CPAs and business consultants, for uh, buoying, baba buoying this show. Seacrest out.